can't be the only one that has noticed a significant increase in utter absurd gibberish in the podquisition. The latest episode, 265, had a solid five minutes straight up without context. Jim literally screaming into the mic about, I don't even know what to call it. I've always enjoyed the Jimquisition, but recently it has all just been <laughs> off the rails. I can't be the only one, right? No, you, no, not the only one. But here's the thing. Life as of yet has been going off the rails recently. Life has been getting weird. I felt like shouting about random topics because life feels like it's shouting random topics. So it's the podcast of our time. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. It's the podcast of our time. I do got to say, though, you two would let me know if I've gone peculiar, right? Like, oh, <laughs> more well, okay. so. Hang on. Now, if you've got <laughs> peculiar pre or post having met you. Right. I'll say <laughs> it's the difference between he's a bit moody peculiar and I'm worried about everyone's safety in this scenario peculiar. <laughs> Here's the line for me, Jim. You know, last week we opened with like five, ten minutes of baby butter biscuits right. or whatever it was. This commenter, this feedback said no context. <laughs> the context was clear. I was yeah, baby, baby butter, butter biscuits. biscuits. Some baby <laughs> butter biscuits. I want a bubba. It's self-explanatory. Yeah, so here's the thing. Five, ten minutes of that, totally fine. I think had we made it to, let's say we'd been recording for 90 minutes and both me and Conrad were going, look, Jim, we've not talked about a single video game yet. Can we please talk about a video game? Conrad played Disco Elysium this week and you were you were still going, but I'm Baby Butter Biscuits. Maybe great. at that point we would worry. That sounds like a great podcast. <laughs> I mean, now that we've said it, if you pre-warned us, I would be very up for that. With no warning, I might get a little concerned. It might be good. It might be good. I, I think there should be. I think all three of us should be baby butt biscuits at the same time for an hour yelling. <laughs> I reckon that would be the best podcast ever recorded. Um, but anyway, that was just some feedback that I read the other day, and and it del- it was the the line I don't even know what to call it that delighted me. Yeah. I, I I did a video the other day about cats where I was talking about all of the crimes that McCavity did. I read and someone the article po- version. Yeah, so, someone posted in the comments on YouTube something to the the uh, effect of, you've thought too much about cat, uh, cat war crimes, what's wrong with you? I was like, it's not my fault the film invites these thoughts. No, hold on. Have you thought too much about cat war crimes? Or did the Geneva Convention not think enough about yes. cat war crimes? Andrew Lloyd Webber, when you say that this cat in 1939 has committed, ev- has broken every human law, that includes selling secrets of war to the Nazis. Yeah, that's what McCavity did. We have we we have simply failed to properly make the case against McCavity, and I think it is one of the tragedies of our age. Yeah, when will will we realise that he really should be granted the euthanasia he wishes? When will we see justice for the world? (laughs) The back alley abortion in Alfie, he did that. Oh, oh, that's real bad. He's evil. He's an evil evil cat. Every crime. I mean, that's the point you were made. Every crime. Yeah. Comrade, what have you done recently that, 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 you know, is terrible and you've lost your mind? What have you done? Have you upset people? Oh, I really would not commit that to a recording. No. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Keep, keep, your, keep your illicit secrets. Anyway, the, the point is, is with that feedback in mind, it's a bad 
week to debut the All-American Pig Lad, so we won't do that. (laughs) I mean, I'd like to meet the All-American Pig Lad. There's nothing to it. There's nothing to it. That was I, it. That was that it. That was entirely. it. It was basically <laughs> the name. Yeah. If, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the all-American pig lad could maybe have a tagline like, I'm a glutton for all the things wrong with uh, with America right now. Uh. He eats cream corn. He eats cream corn. I know that much. He, he loves it. <laughs> He can't get enough of it. That's a metaphor for something. Capitalism, probably. Here's here's my promise to the listeners. This show will get on track again and become a sensible, reasonable show. When the world gets sensible and reasonable, when the world calms down, we'll get back to being a a regular-ass video game show. But until then, I welcome our new overlords, Baby Butter Biscuits and the, the... the the um, real American pig boy, American pig lad, and and the fatted calf. Let's not forget the fatted calf. That's a new character as well. It's not. I just wanted to say fatted calf. I mean, the all American pig man could have a fatted calf. He could have a fatted calf and a brazen ox. Well, you see, now this is turning into sort of like a Shredder and the Foot Clan thing, and I like it. That's true. This everything I've just said about the all American pig lad. And the fatted calf is exactly like Shredder and the Foot Clan. <laughs> and the one from the film, the original. No Bebop and Rock- Rocksteady, not even comic relief. No. Scary Shredder. Bad oh. Shredder. Not the one voiced by Uncle Phil. The, the evil one that had the rat tied up on a fence or whatever. I haven't seen it in ages. <laughs> he, had a, he had a rat splinter tied up on a fence. And he said, oh, f- fucking rat. And then the turtles met Casey Casey with the, the mask. And then they went and hid out in a house in the countryside for like what felt like an hour. And then at the end, they had a fight. And I had a copy of it on a pirate video. And the pirate video had a white label with just the words baby ninja on it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's, that's my favorite thing that I miss from the, the era of early piracy was... Not knowing the correct names for things because they've been weirdly labelled. Like, there's a lot of music from, like, 2004 to 2006 that because of LimeWire, I completely think of the wrong uh, names to songs because that's what piracy told me the song was called. Anyone downloading in the, like, LimeWire time will think that Blinded by the Light was an ELO song. Oh, of course, yeah. It's always listed, it's Man for a Man, but it's always listed as an ELO song. Or it was on LimeWire, I think everyone knows it now. Oh, those were the days. You could never tell what was Phil Collins and what was Genesis. It was all the same to LimeWire. I remember my first introduction to two different bands being because a song I downloaded on LimeWire had one of them listed as the song title and one as the artist, but they were two separate bands. And I didn't know which of them had made the song, but I found out about Panic! at the Disco and Paramore because Panic! at the Disco by Paramore was a song no. on LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> there I you go. Love, I love those days of piracy. Plus, you never knew if a song was secretly going to be German porn. By the way, we're not condoning using LimeWire. I'm not condoning music piracy. No. Use Spotify, which is a kind of piracy. It's, it, it certainly uh. is. Yeah, it is definitely a form of theft that's going on. It's not one we as the end user have to think about. 
so don't think about it. It's one where we've been told everything's okay, and no, n- none of the laws say it's bad, yeah. even though morally, really, we should probably just not do that. Basically, behave like um, a company you like did something that EA would do. <gasps> just don't, like, be very selective and don't think about it, and get angry at me for pointing out that the company you <laughs> like did the same thing that a company you don't like did. Um, and then just listen to a podcast that will tell you if your favourite games are great or perfect instead and then feel very comfortable. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to find out if a video game is great or perfect and I've got a particular one I want to, I want to ask about. Oh, I can't wait. Comrade, tell me about if public masturbation is great or perfect. It is perfect. Public masturbation is perfect in <laughs> Disco Elysium. Oh my god. <laughs> So there I am, minding my own business, on my way to the pawn shop to see if I can resell the gun that I had lost, (laughs) found. (laughs) It's a very complicated thing. Did you ever admit to the the police station that you'd lost it? Or did you go and... Oh, uh, I did. You went and found it, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was humiliating. Yeah, well, okay, I did on a prior uh, run where I I wound up losing all hope and (laughs) becoming a bum. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That, that sounds right for that game. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so I'm walking past the pod shop, and all of a sudden I have a thought. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I gotta click the thought. I didn't know what this (laughs) thought is. And this thought was, hey, that page three girl in the window sure is attractive. Why don't you whip it out? I was like, (laughs) oh. It's one of those options where I don't even want to know the people who didn't click yes. It's... It's one of those options where you look at it and go, like, there's that little bit of my brain going, if I click yes to do this, there's no way they're going to let me actually do this, right? You know, they go, oh, no, okay, yep. I mean, I had to click it. Anyone rational would click yes. Yes, masturbate in public. How could you live with yourself knowing that that was an option you said no to? That wasn't what I struggled with, though. What I struggled with was the question of whether or not to include my detective partner. (laughs) (laughs) Who was there at the time That's the moral (laughs) dilemma What did you decide I didn't even think about that because it happened to me when Like I went to the pawn shop when Kim was out Yeah Oh yeah yeah, no, Kim was standing right there. Oh. This is one of those things I love. It, it's like uh, when, when I went and... Uh, I think, Conrad, when you licked wine off the table right near the start on, yeah. on stream, you did it alone, whereas I was like, oh, no, I'm doing it with my partner. He's going to watch me lick this wine <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will admit... Um, it's, it's, it's a rare instance where I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to save scum in Disco Elysium, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's not on a roll. It's because I want to find out what the differences are in this dialogue exchange on public masturbation. Um, it's it's quite a lot of fun. Um, I imagine what would happen if you did it in front of your partner is you'd have to like lie low for a couple months, then come back as if nothing had happened, but leaning slightly more right wing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm still having a lot of fun with Disco Elysium, and I'm I'm still only like. On day three now. The, the game just consistently one-ups itself. Because that, like, there, there was that feeling the first time I was going through it where like, I worried that maybe its broad scope was front-loaded and I was going to reach some point where it's like, okay, I've fallen into a rhythm now, I get where it's going. But like, it never really 
does that. No, every character that I meet is kind of a surprise. Um, yeah. Or, or I discover something about them through the course of conversation that makes me either change my perception of them strongly in either a positive or negative way, and I think that's really interesting. Uh, so yeah, the characters have have some hidden depths to plunge, yeah. and and it's it's never shocking shocking surprises for the sake of shocking surprises. They always feel consistent with the character like they, they make sense rather than just we're doing this to keep having surprises and consistent with the world as i understand yeah. it. i mean you know you take um at one point you meet these two characters that are working together and every character in the game uh for the most part if you can say what it is that they do or what they're about it's in their name right and so one of them is a cryptozoologist, and the other is a cryptofascist. <laughs> and now a cryptofascist isn't something that you would normally, like, tag yourself with being, right? Because that's sort of the mm. whole point of being a cryptofascist is that nobody knows you are one. But it's interesting, it's illustrative of how... Those two communities, those two sort of fringe communities, actually have a lot of overlap on the basis that they are fringe belief communities. Uh, and so I found that to be a kind of interesting thing that they included, that those two characters would be working together because they could have that relationship. Now, little touches like that are all throughout it. Uh, plus, I you know know of very few games where you get to like build a dance club. Um, God, there's so much in this game. It's amazing, just, uh, just amazing. Yeah, I I read a I started reading a fascinating piece earlier today that I need to get back to. Um, I, I believe it's on Fanbyte about someone's experience going through this game, um, deliberately playing it picking all of the most fascist o options possible and seeing how critical or not the game is of that as a playstyle. I'm glad somebody did that, so I yeah. don't feel like I have to do that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. There is a there is a uh hmm, how how do I put this? By virtue of you having a partner in that game and mm -hmm. having someone who is a much more moral person than the protagonist sort of by your side while you try and do that the game really puts in front of your face apparently like oh here's the consequences of what you're doing and and we're gonna make you feel real fucking shitty about this as as you should yeah as you should you should feel shitty about that and the question is is it something is it done in such a way that people who actually legitimately have that point of view and mindset are going to like feel shame for feeling that way yeah i that that's a thing i am genuinely curious about and it's it would be very tough to find out to yeah. seek an answer about that the the experience that this writer had was very much very much like the experience, I, I I guess the closest experience that I've had compared to what they were writing about was like trying to play through something like Undertale on a genocide run 
where characters are begging you not to go out of your way and murder them all, like, that sort of... Like, really make you feel like a shitty person for, for deciding to do this thing, but not stopping you doing it. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I'm, I'm super curious if if that would have any kind of impact on someone who genuinely holds those beliefs playing that way. It's a fascinating game, this. I feel like we're going to get think pieces about this game for years. It's good. It's a good game. I played yeah. it. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good game, what we played. It's good. Yep. I'll tell you a good game what I played. What's a good game what you played, Jim? I played a Terminator game that came out last year. Really? <laughs> is it good? Yeah. A good Terminator game? What the fuck? I, I'm still in sort of stunned disbelief. It's amazing. It's, I mean, the situation is amazing. The game's not amazing. It's, but it's, it's, I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, yeah, it came out like, I want to say early December, late November, sort of very late tail November, end. Yeah. Late November, yeah. Late November. Um, Terminator Resistance, I guess it was to tie in with that new film that I didn't watch. Um, and I downloaded it expecting a cheap laugh. like it's Expecting, expecting like mid-2000s tie-in games that were shit. Salvation. <laughs> I thought at the very least, yeah, I thought at the yeah. very least I would um, be able to do like a funny video about it being bad or glitchy or whatever. Yeah. And then I started playing it and I'm like, wait, wait, hold the phone. This is way better than that. This is legitimately good. A legitimately good Terminator game that no one I know has heard of. I mean, I I feel like people probably overlooked it because licensed games are usually shit. Terminator... The Terminator doesn't seem like a franchise that would break that tradition. And I don't remember even hearing that this game existed. So, like, no, no one was advertising it anywhere. I've got another twist in the tale as well. It was developed by the people what did those on-rails Rambo shooter. Oh! I think it was just the one, the, the Rambo, the video game. The one that's, like, notoriously not very good. Um, give them this, though. It's not on-rails. Uh, they give, give them the Terminator license, which they clearly love. And you get a first-person shooter game with, like, mild RPG elements that feels a lot like Fallout Light. Um... It's even got a lockpicking mechanic that is just the one from Sky, um, Skyrim or Fallout. It's the same, exact same, looks the same as well. It's, okay, so this is just like a, an action shooter with some light RPG elements. Because th- that's so weird to me, because the most notable Terminator game that's ever been made was an on-rail shooter. That arcade one. Yeah, yeah, the arcade one. Oh, that arcade one is kind of good. It's kind of good. I had some fun with that. It yeah. wasn't terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think I think now it would, you know, if you tried to play it now, certainly if you didn't play it on a oh, machine. Oh, uh, yeah. I replayed it last year. I replayed it last year on a on a Raspberry Pi daily. Um, yeah, like it's in that situation, it's not brilliant, but yeah. it was still like it entertained me for like ten minutes. Yeah. I feel like half of the joy of it was the, you know, the the big old physical guns, but mm. that was some fun to be had. But I expected yeah. you expect something of that disposable level for a game that that seemingly was put out to tie in with a film and like a recent Terminator film and had no publicity. You think, okay, disposable trash or like the Rampo the game, you know, on rails. Um they didn't have to try is the thing. I, I imagine they were under no contractual obligation to try. And they tried. And it's adorable at 
worst, and at best it's somewhat impressive considering it doesn't really have much of a budget behind it. It clearly can't have. I think it's like 40 bucks. Um, visually, it looks about on par with like a Bethesda game. Um, but it's got these like little safe camp areas with characters you can talk to and you can make dialogue choices that they will appreciate or not appreciate. They put a little system in. Bless them. Oh. They put a little system in. It's got a crafting system. Bless them. Honestly, that's one of my favourite things when a game that shouldn't be good, it's clearly like, oh, someone cared. Yeah, yeah. they clearly loved like, the first two films and maybe haven't paid mm. too much attention to the later ones because I it put me in the mood to re-watch the first Terminator film, which I watched last night. And I noticed like even things like a, a grenade, you can craft a, a grenade out of a can and throw it. They have one of those in the first Terminator film. You see it for like two seconds. And one of, it's one of the flash forwards. A resistance soldier throws it at like, a, you know, one of the big robots. Um, and you can craft that exact homemade bomb that you see in the film. Um, there's In the video I've done, it's me smashing apart a Big Bun's... Uh, statue which is at the very beginning of the first terminator film where sarah connor walks to her job and there's a statue outside of a guy with two big burgers she says says uh, about her bike guard it for me big buns and you can find big buns and smash the fuck out of him um so yeah they threw in all these little details they've clearly had fun working with the kind of that future uh, the bad robot future of Terminator, which is obviously where it's set. You're in the Resistance. They like to explore what it's like to be a Resistance soldier. There's little notes everywhere, like from characters, little lore notes and logs. Um, they clearly gave a shit. They talk a lot about the Annihilation line, which is just the, the front line of Terminators that's just slowly moving its way across the world, killing everything. And they really, like, go out of their way to try and... Uh, Bring as much authenticity as they can to it um, with very limited resources, which is more than can be said about that one film that tried it, Terminator Salvation with Christian Bale, where it just, it's just a mess because they don't know what they're doing. And this weird little budget game made by the Rambo people has so much more thought put into it. I, I've been very impressed. It's not mind-blowing. It's fairly derivative, but it's fun. It's just lots of robots to shoot and then all these little added trinkets and gameplay mechanics that it didn't need, but I'm thrilled. Like, it, it having them put it just that cut above. Hmm. Heck. Yeah, it's got stealth if you want. Wow! It's got fucking stealth if you want stealth. You can craft a termination knife, which you can sneak <laughs> up behind, like, the, the robot skeletons and stab them in the back of the neck with it and puts them down. They came up with a reason why you should be able to one-hit kill a Terminator. They tried. I, I like that they tried to do that, but I will laugh at the concept of a Termination knife because I hear that phrase and all I think of is, well, any knife if used the right <laughs> way is a Termination <laughs> that is knife. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, this one's special because it looks a bit robot-y. Um, oh. I will say like it's a fairly easy game like especially if you put your skills into lock picking and crafting you'll never run out of stuff um, and then you'll, you'll have as many termination knives as you need um, they're very overpowered I got lock, lock pick and crafting there's hacking as well which mm. I imagine would be the same but you end up drowning in stuff um, it, any real I mean yeah maybe crank it up to hard if you want it to proper challenge you because I did it on normal and I'm like this is something of a breeze. 
Um, they give you the plasma weapon too early. Mm. You get a plasma weapon, then you can take down T-800s. But the first time you see them, your regular guns can't do anything to them. So it's like this kind of s- s- tense little stealth section. But then almost immediately after, it's like, here, yeah. blow their fucking heads off. Loads of them. And then you blow their fucking heads off. They don't let you sit in, they don't let you sit in it for long enough. Yeah, because I was like, wow, this game's really making the, the concept of a Terminator scary. And then it made me think I'd love to play an Alien Isolation but with a Terminator. But then that's not what this game turned out to be. It was like, no, here's a big plasma gun. Do you want a bigger one? Have it. Now have some mods to make it better at blowing up all of the Terminators that are not scary now. There's loads of them and you will kill them all with a big gun. Um, which is still fun in its own way. But I, I am now interested in the idea of a horror game that is Terminator. Hmm. Oh. That's the game I played and liked. Uh, I played one this week that I haven't played before. So you know how I'm always playing Pokemon and I never stop playing Pokemon because it's the thing I play. And apparently that's my one video game now. I literally only heard about it this morning and now I'm seeing people bring it up everywhere. Uh, so yeah, it's been going around for a couple of days, but to, I, I believe it was today that it went into early access. So there's this thing called Temtem. And the way everyone's been pitching it is Pokemon, but it's an MMO on your PC. And I think that is maybe overselling it. Um... It is it is a kind of generic looking Pokemon knockoff on PC, and I think like ninety percent of this game is just Pokemon. Uh, the designs of the characters or the monsters are not quite as uh, not quite as memorable as the ones Nintendo make, but it's very much pick one of your three starters. They're not fire, water, and grass. They're crystal dark and i forget whatever the other nonsense names they call them but uh pick one of your three starting creatures throw some cards to capture monsters each of them has four slots for moves you've got random battles when you're in the grass from a fixed perspective walking through roots do battles with trainers when they see you in their line of sight and they walk over and you start a fight Go and beat eight of these gyms that will eventually lead to you going and fighting some evil evil organization that wants all of the Temtems. It's a Pokemon game. Um, even to the point that some of the hyper-specific uh, technical terms that people use, like, when you get really deep into the Pokemon community, are present here in this game. Uh, I don't know if you'll be aware of something called IVs, or individual values. Mm-hmm. Those, those, those hidden numbers that are like, yeah, you caught a Caterpie, but was it a good Caterpie? Like, did it have the best potential? The thing that does the best job of stopping me from playing Pokemon long term. Right. That's totally fair. Um, But, like, trailers for this Temtem game are like, oh, yeah, if you breed your Pokemon or catch lots of them over and over again, you can look out for which ones have the best IVs that give them the best potential to grow. Like, it is, it is Pokemon. It is Pokemon through and through, and it does... Not hide that in the slightest, really. I got a tip email about it, someone saying, have you seen this rip-off of Pokemon? I mean, it, it's Pokemon. Like, they, they changed what the things are called, but you've got the same archetypes. Here's your caterpillar one, here's your snake one, here's your bird one, here's your dragon one, here's your water Bloody shooting hell. turtle one. Um, it's it's basically someone cheated Pokemon's answers from the table over and was like, I think I think that's what's going on over there. You know, the ripoffs tried harder in the nineties. So there are a couple of things that set this apart. Um, people have been describing it as an MMO. You you there are other players 
present in the world, but those other players you can't really interact with unless they are friends that you're pairing up for co-op with. It's people to populate the world. It's not... It's not like you're just going to stumble upon accidental random battles with other people playing around the world in a PvE area. Like, that's... It's... Some of the online stuff has maybe been a little bit overblown, but um, all of the battles are done as 2v2 battles. And the idea behind that is so that it's really easy to jump in and do co-op play, which I think is really nice. It it makes the balance work for hopping in for two-player co-op. Because um, mm-hmm. all your enemies are already using two Pokemon at once anyway. So if your friend hops into your copy of the game and you you do a fight together... Instead of you having two Pokemon out, you have one and your friend has one against the enemy's two Pokemon. I mean, if there's one thing Pokemon needs, it's online that's not 20 years old. Yeah. That's one of my biggest issues with Sword and Shield. Like, it doesn't seem like it should be this difficult to have people just be able to drop into your games. uh, Assuming that you and your friend have creatures of roughly similar levels, because there's no, like, it doesn't scale your levels at all if you play co-op together, but... You can run around the world together, catching stuff, taking part in the same fight together, playing through the story mode together, and that's kind of nice. Um, The other thing this does to try and set itself aside from Pokemon is, rather than, you know in Pokemon you have like a certain number of uses of each of your moves before you have to go and like go to the Pokemon Center and refill that move? Yeah, you gotta keep an eye on your PP. You gotta keep an eye on your PP, you don't want to get your PP to get low, you need a, you need a big... High, high, big, strong PP. Give your PP a boost. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta use a PP up to make sure that your PP stays up. Let your nurse, let the nurse raise your PP. Yeah. Um. So this instead has a stamina system. So stamina and PP. Um. And what? Rather than having like a set number of uses per move, each move you have uses a certain amount of your stamina bar. Stronger moves use larger amounts of it. Obviously, weaker moves use less of it. Um, There is... Basically, this stamina is a persistent thing for each of your Pokémon that resets at the end of the fight, but it basically means you can't just steamroll a whole team of Pokémon using your strong one, because it will eventually run out of stamina a couple of Pokémon in, and it'll start hurting itself if you try and attack with it. Yeah. And the idea is that it's trying to get you to build a balanced team rather than just one overpowered thing, because before you finish a fight, you are going to run out of stamina on that that Pokemon you started with. You're going to have to swap into something else. You might as well have a team, you know, of lots of things that are decent. And I, I, I like that theoretically. I've not played enough of it to see whether that feels good throughout, but I can see what they're trying to do, and it definitely does seem to achieve that thing of disincentivizing just playing with your starter and a bunch of other pokemon that happen to be with you. Interesting. Yeah, like it's 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 not a it's certainly not a bad game. Um compared to something I I I keep trying to compare it to Sword and Shield because obviously those were the most recent things that came out. Um, um when you compare the online between Sword and Shield and Tentem, there are areas where it looks both better and worse. Um the frame rate doesn't tank the way that the frame rate in the wild area tanks when you turn on online and there's other people going around and suddenly you've got like 10 frames a second. But there's never really any areas that are as ambitious as the wild area in their sort of like scope. You don't have creatures running around on the overworld. A lot of the things that Sword and Shield 
did this time around that were really nice that people do generally seem to like are not here. This is very much a traditional run down the predetermined routes. Very linear, no big open spaces, no visible on the overworld Pokemon. You don't... Uh, there, there are some things that Pokemon Sword and Shield are doing better online, like uh, the raid system, which has kept me really engaged. Uh, there's there's no equivalent to that in Temtem. It, it's mainly just play... From what I can see, it's mainly just play with a friend and do do battles with each other or against each other. And that stuff works better and it's more seamless than Nintendo's offering. Uh, apparently there's some area in the post-game where they will add new creatures every week and may maybe that'll be something interesting. But right now it just feels like... It feels like a bootleg of Pokemon and not a bad one in any means. Like, if, if you don't own a Nintendo console and you're like, I kind of like the thought of a Pokemon game and I don't really want to buy a Switch and I have a PC already. Temtem will probably scratch that itch. It's not bad. It's just... It is just a bit shameless in how direct of a Pokemon formula ripoff it feels at times. Yeah. It 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 does feel like, what if we made Pokemon, but all all of the creatures were just a little more generic and washed out and a bit less... Full of character. Yeah, I've been looking at pictures. It's like, it, the art style. Ev like, if you told me some of these were Pokemon, I'd believe ya. Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing. Some of them have decent designs. Like, there's one that I've seen a lot of uh, people citing where it's like a little blue duck. It's like a little blue duck one. I'm oh, like, yeah, I saw that, that one, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that, that one's kind of cute. That one's got a design of its own. But then, like... Let, let me try and describe another one that I'm I'm looking at, because I'm just looking at some pictures. There's one that looks like an orange shark-headed man, but, like, kind of happy-looking, and he's got wings Little on his wings. back, and he's... Oh. Yeah, and he's got fins on his arms, and I'm like, that's an interesting-ish design. It, it, there's, mm, there's just something really weird and goofy and odd about it that I can't quite get to stick in my head. There's a flying pig! Yeah, there is a flying pig. I kind of like I kind of like all these. I mean... I think Temtem's the future. <laughs> I, I go back and forth. Some of some of these creature designs are really nice, and some of them are like, uh, they, okay, you're a... I, I don't even know how to describe what some of these are. So, some of these are just like a mashup of slightly too many animals. A lot of them you could only describe as like a creature. Like yeah. there's this one with like a blue thing with like almost like a ninja turtle like the the original comics with no pupils in the eyes under a bandana yeah. with a big smile on his face. I can tell you about the like the flying pig is so self-explanatory. I I but well, that's I think that's the problem. It's so, the 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 designs in this that work are the ones where you can describe it in like a quick sentence. Blue duck, flying pig, got those. How do I describe this one I'm looking at now? Ray Ragnut. It's sort of like um a uh hmm a ghostly creature in a in a football helmet, but the sides of the football helmet are a big magnet, or actually possibly two magnets. And then he's got sort of like a yellow monster body with arrows all over it and some cufflinks on, and there's arrows coming out of the 
the cufflinks. I mean, so long as they're so long as they are cufflinks, so that's the important thing. And there's a, 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 a screenshot here on the Steam page of the I guess the main character dressed in a skeleton costume. Well, this is one thing I will say that the the game does well is you've got a lot of customizable options for your character, um, and. As as nice as Pokemon has been this most recent time around at outfit selection, this gives you a better set of options for like body type, outfit options of uh, out uh, out the door, silly outfit options. Every everything feels like a bit of a weird creator character, but there is a lot of weird ways you can create your character. There was a time when Pokemon wasn't the only name in town for this sort of monster collection battler stuff. And I think there's plenty of room for Temtem to try and get a slice of that pie. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sticking with it. I want to play it through to its end game. I want to see if there's stuff that'll keep me with it. There's a boxing mushroom. I've not seen the boxing mushroom. Mushuk. Mushuk are a hybrid variety developed at the Quetzal Dojo by expert breeders. Strong and single-minded, some of the bigger specimens are occasionally employed by the guards as static sentries at strategic points. Imagine Hitmonchamp, but like a mushroom. And it evolved from Mushy, which is just Hattini yeah. from Sword and Shield, but with a mushroom head. <laughs> and then that turns into a boxing mushroom. Here are all the types. You can tell some of these where they've tried to make them different from yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. And they're the ones where they realised they couldn't. So you've got neutral instead of normal. Then fire and water, they gave up there. <laughs> Nature instead of grass. Get away with yeah. that one. Electric, earth. Again, couldn't come up with anything. Well, earth is different from ground. Mental yeah. instead of psychic. <laughs> Wind, that's where your flying pig is. Digital. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I- I mean, I guess that's like your polygon and a uh, polygon and stuff like that. I guess that. so. Digital. I you've mean, got, you got melee, which is fighting types. Melee, crystal, yeah. and toxic. Yeah, toxic's poison type. Yeah, and it's got a weird little chameleon with no pupils in its eyes and a multicolored like rainbow mane. That's a cute little lizard. But you see what I mean though about like it has that real sense of. They didn't even try to hide the fact that, like, oh, we're just renaming the Pokemon types. Yeah. We threw in digital and crystal, uh, but it's otherwise, you know... And again, there's some stuff that Temtem's doing where I'm like, I wish the main Pokemon games would do this. I wish the main Pokemon games would offer us a set of three starters that won't grass, fire, and water, give us one of the other trios of abilities that, that interact with each other, you know? I feel like everyone knows water, fire, and grass, how they work with each other. Teach us about a new little triangle of abilities. That duck is called Platypet. Yeah. Platypet was popularised by a cartoon series, and ever since it has been one of the most popular Temtem with kids. The series had an educative purpose, to teach children that toxic Temtem are also valid and can be good friends. Well, some of us... Don't want toxic Temtem. Is is are they saying pollution can be okay? Is that what they're trying to teach the kids? It seems like a very self-serving. It's okay to eat poison. You can you can pollute the planet, kids. It's got three evolutions: <laughs> Platypet, Platox, and Platymus. I'm never gonna play this game. I'm, I keep yeah. I'm looking up them. I'm looking up them. Yeah, I I keep looking through the designs and like there's several where I'm like, okay, the, you made. An Eevee evolution, but it's a Cubone, for example, or... I, 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 
The flying pig is cute. I will give the flying pig that. The flying pig's amazing. Yeah. The flying pig is the best thing I've ever seen. Where is it on the thing? Pig, pig-a-pick, it's called. Yeah. Pig-a-pick. Pig-a-pick is a small, fluffy, pig-like temtem. Its face sports small round eyes and a pink snout that resembles a heart. The front half of its body is adorned. That's just the description. What's the Pokedex entry? The absolute favourites of toddlers all around the archipelago. Pig-a-pick are fluffy, soft and absolutely adorable. Voluminous and cumbersome. They normally float low over the ground, making them ideal playmates for small children. Is that because they can't get away and they can just knock them about? There's, there's currently 80 creatures to find in here, which I will point out is more than the 60 new creatures they added to Sword and Shield. So clearly this is better. It's got more monsters in it. It's halfway to the original, you know, Pokemon yeah. quantity. So They've even got shinies. Yeah. You're going to be stuck a while, Laura. They've got, these aren't shinies. These are Luma. Luma Temtem. Yeah. So I wasn't going to get into that, but yeah, they have an equivalent of shiny Pokemon and I've not seen any yet. And I'm like... I can't let myself go shiny hunting in Temtem because I'm still, I'm making I'm making good progress on my ludicrous quest to get all of the shinies. I have forty six percent of all shiny Pokemon in Sword and Shield. If you manage to finish Temtem without encountering a single shiny, will that be enough to prevent you from going forth and fighting them, or is that like a moment, like a a moment of dread, like that moment you see the first shiny, you're like, oh. Shit. I, I I mean, that's how it all happened with, with Pokemon was I was at a review of an event for Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and I accidentally found a shiny Zubat in a cave without looking for it. And a year later it has consumed my life and I'm looking at it like... Only takes one of these shiny fuckers and I'll, I'll be down another rabbit hole. You can ignore its existence as long as you never see it. Yeah, if I never see one, I can pretend they're not real. Okay, it's over. Uh, Just like God. It's over. Temtem's won. Temtem's beaten Pokemon because, get this, there is a po- there is a Temtem called Adoraboros. Temtem's won. <laughs> Adoraboros? That's amazing. That's that's a that's a heck of a name. Yeah, you know, I think I think if if Pokemon had you know shown the due respect Ekans deserves, well, this would be a different matter. But well, Adoraboros has filled the void where Ekans has been removed. It's a toxic and mental type. Few Temtem are as deceptive as Adoraboros, an unusual mix of cute and deadly, combining the most sophisticated mental tricks with the basest toxic tricks. They're a fine example of the incredible natural diversity of the archipelago. So there's Adoraboros. Its Luma version is green. So that's something you need to know. Oh, no. Don't tell me about what the Luma versions look like. I'm going to want them. All right. Don't look up the Luma pick because it's too much. You won't be able to handle it. Is, is it? Do, do you know what it is? What does it look like? Uh, it's like blue with like a purpley... Oh, blue's the best colour of shiny Pokemon. Yeah, it's got kind oh. of this... This it's very cute. Deep purple was... look to it with blue highlights and blue little legs. Jim, I was nose. doing so well. I only have two hundred and twenty-nine more shiny Pokemon to find. Before. Like, get... okay, sidetrack. Sword and Shield are really good for shiny Pokemon hunting, and it's probably not going to take me nearly as long as I feared to go get all the shinies in Sword and Shield, because more so than any past Pokemon game, uh, people have basically discovered that there are ways to. You know those online raids? Yeah. To basically find 
uh, raid locations that will just keep spitting out shiny Pokemon if you're really lucky. And online communities have been really great about like, hey, I found one of those. Here's my friend code. Hop in and get six or seven different shiny Pokemon while, I, while I've got it. <laughs> um, so I've just been like hopping into other people's online raids to fill in some spots in my shiny stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking get all of them. And now there's another fucking game in which I could go get monsters that are slightly different colours, and I'm I can't let this happen. No, don't don't let Temtem in. Don't let it in through the door. Cause here's the thing, I used to get I, I used to get real addicted to MMOs and I'm like, it's an MMO, it's a monster collecting thing, and it's got shiny ones. Oh no. That is the trifecta of things that will trap me. This game is almost impressive in just how much of a ripoff it is. I mean, yeah. It's got a Temopedia instead of a Pokedex. Yeah, you you go to the yeah, you've got Pokemon centers and Pokemarts in every town and you've got Team Rocket and... They filed the serial numbers off and just shoved it out. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's even just like all the all the specifics, like... As someone that has played a bunch of Pokemon, the, the things that stand out to me as you didn't even try to hide what you were doing is the general levels that things evolve at are practically the same. Uh, like, if it's something with a three-stage evolutionary process, it's probably evolving at level 16 to 18, then level 30 to 34, or it's probably where its two evolutions lie. Uh, the HP numbers, based on the level the Pokemon is at, are pretty much the same like you could fight a temtem against a pokemon and they'd be pretty balanced at the same level like they've they've not even tried to play around with the numbers behind it, it the numbers are pokemon numbers oh i'm going to wait for the 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 eventual anime and see how enjoyable it is before i jump on board the temtem train i mean thank you very much i've, I've been rewatching the original i'll double check i think there is one I bet there is. Yeah. I've been rewatching the original Pokemon anime. It's surprisingly watchable still. Yeah, like that's some of, some of those old episodes really hold up. That that one about the Charmander that gets abandoned and its trainer doesn't want it still, you know, tugs at me heartstrings. They did their best. Yeah. They just wanted to be they just wanted to be wanted. Silly the, the Charmander. Oh. Tem Tem. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to Switch, I'll play it. That would be a what a what a move that would be <laughs> to have the the sheer goal. It is coming to Switch at some point. Oh, what that's a that's brilliant. That that is shitting in Nintendo's front yard. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, this is my game of the year. Here's the thing: it won't be the first time that another Pokemon-y type game has been on a Nintendo platform, but like. I think this is the one that has most directly addressed specific things people have complained about. I hope this does well because I hope it lights a fire under Nintendo. Go shit! We gotta, we gotta learn from some of these things, I guess. Yeah, it's not like this thing is um, unpopular. I mean, the story here is that yeah. like their biggest struggle was they couldn't handle the surface. Like people are trying this shit out. Oh, I yeah, I was having, I was. I was having some real trouble getting on today because wow, because there was clearly a lot of people like, and it's going kind of, for a, for a sort of indie Pokemon knockoff. It's selling for like thirty quid in early access, and people are still like, yeah, I'll go for that. There is a demand for something that's not Pokemon. That's wow, but something yeah. that's not Pokemon in all but name. Yeah, like I, I, I'm sure I will come back to this next week because I've only put like 
a few hours in, but I've put enough hours in to go, this is unapologetically Pokemon and I kind of don't care. No. It's it's a bit generic in places, but it's it's fun. It's a shocker. Uh, did anyone else play anything else this week? Mm, I played a little Leonard of the Gungeon, which I... I haven't really played much of since about like six months after it came out. That's weird. I, I played it this past week. I, I gave it like two rounds and then stopped again because I got annoyed. But yeah, I played it this week and all. Yeah, I did, I did three rounds. None of them particularly successful. But man, they've just added so much stuff to it. It's not quite Isaac level, which I find totally overwhelming. They've got more coming to Isaac. <sighs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But yeah, no, uh, Gungeon's still a great game. That music's fantastic. There's, oh, mm, yeah. You know, they've added new bosses since then and, you know, new room designs. And so it feels like a really fresh game again, despite the fact that I've played it a ton already. And, uh, so, yeah, really enjoyed that. That was fun. That's about it for me. There we go. Uh, I played one other thing that I'll, I can quickly summarize. Uh, I started playing a game called Pistol Whip, which is a VR game and best way I can describe it is it kind of feels like the midpoint between something like Super Hot and Beat Saber. So the whole idea is you are basically on an auto-moving platform trying to shoot people coming at you with weapons to the beat of the music. It's a sort of music rhythm, shoot all of the villains and dodge your way out the bullets kind of matrixy, matrix dodge kind of game. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it's real generous with its with its auto aim. It's not requiring you to be super precise. It needs you to be in the general correct vicinity and on the beat. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just feel like a. It, it, it's that same sort of super hot type. Feel like a real badass murdering all these waves of things coming at you very effectively, but also the music's giving you a real good cue of when and where you should be. It's real fun. I need to put more time into it, but like it's it feels really interesting and like worth worth me dedicating some more time to. Uh, at least from like the opening menu, it doesn't seem like it's got a huge track selection, which might be a potential. It, it 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 maybe maybe there'll be more stuff that I'll find, but it doesn't seem like it has the hugest amount of content in the world. But the content that is there that I have tried so far has been really good. Uh, any anything else you've played? You played anything, Jim? Um, just I mean I played some Warriors Orochi Four on Switch. It's just more Dynasty Warriors shit. <laughs> but I got the version with like extra stuff, like the digital deluxe or whatever. I don't know why. I don't know why. What possessed me? <laughs> But then I didn't find out the stuff ain't ready till February. What? It sold it to me now. What? And I looked it up and said, why isn't any of this unlocked in the game? And then I, I checked the fine print and it was like estimated date for like all of this shit in, in February. I'm like, what the hell? I've never heard of that. I, I mean, that that feels like the category of um the, the very little text they put on screen during that Smash Brothers direct this week where they're like, oh yeah, season two of the season pass. It'll all be out by the end of 2021. Yeah. And it, yeah, that was bollocks. So wasn't happy with that. What you you didn't get excited about a new Fire Emblem character? Oh fucking hell! Fucking hell! I mean, that was not a good pick for the final yeah. character in their season pass. Like that's that's maybe the third character you drop in out of five. It's you know? especially hilarious when you juxtapose it against what everyone was hoping for. When when everyone was like 
thinking Dante was going to be in it or whatever. Because it was the same date as there was going to be a, a Devil May Cry announcement. They're like, oh, it's, yeah. the it's one and the... I was the same. I thought... It, I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be that. And for it to be another fire... Like, that's the lowest of the low in terms of what people wouldn't be excited for. Here's, here's the thing. They are Looking at how they play, they play differently to the other Fire Emblem characters, and I'm sure they're going to be fun, but... If you look at every other character in that season pass and the sort of way they've been escalating, we started with, like, Joker from Persona 5, who's, like, not even a character who's ever been on a Nintendo console. Uh, we had Banjo and Kazooie, who, like, everyone's like, oh, they're fucking Microsoft territory, they took them, can't have them back. Like, the impossible picks that no one expected, and you're like, oh, oh, they got to have saved someone really good yeah. for the end of it. You know, es escalation of, of an announcement. Oh, it's fire. Maybe Nintendo thought they've had enough. It's like, they're satisfied with the big announcements. Now we can get another Fire Emblem character out, because we as a company are now all in on Fire Emblem. Like, Nintendo is just, like, all in on Fire Emblem. I know everyone liked the Three Houses game. I don't know how successful it was sales wise it must have been but uh the very yeah the amount of fire emblem love in smash and the new game and the warriors the fire emblem warriors spin-off i'm like yeah nintendo is really fond of that series which is funny considering it was not a big murky title for them for so long um but yeah apparently it's a big enough deal that we should all be very excited for a more more fire emblem in smash <laughs> i i feel like they can get away with it because None of us in English-speaking countries would know about or care about Fire Emblem if not for Smash Brothers putting these characters in Smash all those years ago. Like, when, when you know, Marth and Roy were first put in, no one fucking knew what Fire Emblem was. So I'm like, okay, Sakurai, you've, you've earned putting your Fire Emblem character in, and you get away with it because there's more characters coming over the next two fucking years, but, like... You know, end end on something slightly more impressive. You know, put Fire Emblem in the middle. Give us uh, who who did we have? Give us that Dragon Quest person at the end or something. At least at least that's like oh, not one I really care about, but that's that's a get, I suppose. Uh, there we go. There's there's some bits of news this week. Um, there's some reports from Kotaku suggesting that Horizon Zero Dawn's going to be coming to PC later this year. As part of Sony making a push to put more of their stuff on PC. Interesting, because I know Microsoft's been doing that for a long time now. Yep. Yeah, well, like, that makes sense for Microsoft, because Microsoft, they're in the business of computers. I I find it really interesting that Sony's moving that way, because we could end up in, like, let's say that, you know, they go as full full on as as Microsoft's doing. All our first party stuff comes to, you know, comes to PC. That would leave Nintendo the only holdout not on PC at that point, which well, is a is, weird yeah. world to think about. Is Sony still in the business of computers? They're like consumer PCs, laptops. Uh, yeah. Th th do they still make the Vio? Yeah, I, that's the that would be the line if if they still made computers. And I know at one time they had both Vio desktops and laptops, and I think they stopped making desktops altogether, um, like around the mid 2000 uh, year okay um vio is no longer owned by sony they're an independent company now sony themselves no longer make pcs okay so first party huh, from yeah. uh, from a quick google search on engadget 
Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily need that computer background or, or existing background to be in it. Oh, no. Absolutely not. They yeah. were not, like... They, they, they were kind of interesting computers. I don't know if I would go so far as to say they were great computers, and they were outrageously expensive. Yeah. So, I, I'm not saying that... They, but I thought that there might be a possibility of knock-on business there and seemingly not um well they have a minority stake in it still okay so they, they do have some money oh there. okay they still got something in there um i suppose there's no reason why most games can't come to pc like even if you you, you know your new sony controller does something fancy let people buy your fancy controller still and plug them into pc to play the games on pc i guess well and sony's opened the door much wider for that with the ps4 than it was with the ps3 where you know you don't need any third party stuff to make a dualshock 4 work on a pc now uh on a windows based pc it just works they used to be kind of weird and squirrely about that that's been settled oh yeah yeah uh so it makes sense to me that they would probably similarly build a a tool to support that um, for at least their titles, because yeah. if they're going to put first-party games out, might as well. Yeah, like, I, I I like the idea of consoles still existing. I like there being a box that's like, this has the right specs to make the games work, and we will build to these specs. I like things like the Switch existing, so you, you know, you have your weird little hardware solutions that might not work on PC, but... In theory, I'm I'm all the more for more games coming to PC. Here's an interesting thought, and this is just a weird thing, because if you think about it, if Sony does implement, you know, these controller-based input, you know, things as a, you know, a thing that they're pushing forward as a new initiative in this next console generation, mm-hmm. and they do make that available on PC, they're going to sell controllers. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, you know, even, you know, we always say the console manufacturers, they sell at a loss early on to get those out there. They sell the consoles at a loss. They don't sell the accessories at a loss. Yeah. I mean, that is the point. If they can ship fewer boxes but still ship more software and controllers, maybe that is a better business move. Yeah, that's a hard sell. That's hard to say. I mean, yeah. if it becomes a matter of brand dedication to Sony as a software company more than brand dedication sony's a hardware manufacturer yeah. maybe it, they are figuring out that long term it's just too expensive to keep making yeah. this hardware and they're repositioning the other thing that i think is interesting about this is it's the, the thought that maybe they might be bringing older generation games to pc as a way to go hey here's all those games you missed out on they're on pc now get excited about our franchises come buy a playstation so you can play all the new ones we're releasing we're bringing to PC eventually, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few ways that this could play for them that are interesting. I'm interested that like both of the major platform holders seem like they're at least to some degree going. Maybe we don't make everything exclusive to this box when it will run on a PC. It's it's another market that they've been denying yeah. themselves for a long time, expecting that they will then be able to dominate this other closed ecosystem. Yeah, and I think that. As has been demonstrated by the sort of constant shifting, you know, who's on top type stuff, uh, it's not a guarantee, and they're into guarantees. It's it's not a reliable business yeah. model, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other stuff we had in the news. 
A bunch of the early 2020 big games all got delayed at once. Uh, Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Avengers. It, yeah, it's all... Yeah, it's fine. It's game delays. I mean, it's not all fine. It's ridiculous that, that Cyberpunk devs are still going to face crunch uh, on that. This is, that was the story I was about to pivot to, is... Yeah. Yeah, like, the fact they've been delayed isn't necessarily big news, but yeah, that... CD Projekt Red came out and actively said, like, oh yeah, no, they're going to be going through, like, another six months of crunch now. Yeah, they're not extending the... It's not a matter of just extending the, the development time. They're extending the crunch time. Yeah. All of the time that they're adding is going to be crunch time for a lot of these people. And maybe, you know, maybe not all, but I would assume a lot. And that's not good. Yeah. It's, it's not great to go, hey, you know how you've already done crunch, that thing that's not good and the industry should be phasing out? Well, we're adding an extra six months onto what you thought was going to be your date for freedom. Enjoy, everyone. It's worrying. I mean, they've had to address this stuff before, you know, as is pointed out. Um... I, I, it's interesting that they're trying to get ahead of it, I guess, by just straight up admitting it. I mean, they were asked in a Q and A. Um, I had an interesting conversation on Twitter with someone who thought they were making it up, um, who thought the cyberpunk delay was to not have competition with Final Fantasy VII, and they made up crunching to do it. And and I had this long argument with this guy who's because I'm like, you think a company is lying about making companies do crunch? And they said, well, you say companies lie all the time. Like, not about doing bad shit. Yeah, no one willingly admits they're doing the thing that the industry is turning against slowly and risks the fact that the industry might get really pissed at them. Yeah, it was such a weird conversation. They were, con- I mean, convinced that that was the case. And that I was delusional for thinking a company wouldn't lie about crunch. It was so weird. Yeah, like, it it seems to have paid off okay for them. Like, they don't seem to have had huge consumer-level backlash against it, but like... Of course they're not, they're CD Projekt Red. Yeah, well, like, we're walking closer and closer to that date where where making an announcement like this could blow back up in a developer's face. It's not gonna be forever. They've got some rock star immunity. I mean, I, I found that out recently, you know, I, well, recently, yeah. uh, last year, when I did that video on it, and no one wanted to fucking bring it up. People don't like to hear how companies like Rockstar or CD Projekt Red might be bad places to work or at least have some issues that need addressing because they make, like, the real darling games and people don't want to hear it. I mean, I made a crack earlier in the podcast about people not liking it when I apply the same criticisms I apply to EA onto other companies they might like. It's like, no, sometimes they all share in the shitty behaviour. You know, I did a video on the crunch, on the the cyberpunk crunch, uh, didn't get as many views as a lot of the other stuff. People, and, and more dislikes than usual, people don't like to hear it about a, a, a game like that that they've been looking forward to, especially when they hold up as a, a saviour against the Activisions and the EAs. They don't want to hear that something that um, fills the voids that those other publishers left behind. They, they did this with The Witcher 3. They champion it as this big, complete open-world game that doesn't needle you with microtransactions, and that is awesome, but... You know, CG Project Red has this history of, of overworking um, employees to the point where they feel the need to anonymously go and whistleblow about it. Yeah. So we have to acknowledge that. We can't just pretend it doesn't happen. Yeah. 
Half the problem is, is because the software they put out is of such a high, consistent quality and avoids so many, like, consumer-facing poor practices that it's very easy for people to excuse, well, well, this is just the, the, the price that is paid to make the, the game that doesn't do all the other shitty things. And it's like, no, no. That's, no. I mean, it, it just goes back to that old saying of corporations aren't your friends. It's like, they could be as friendly as possible, but there's almost always some shady shit going on in a big enough company. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to feel guilted out of playing. Like, that's what it normally comes down to. People don't want to feel bad about buying certain games. I get a lot of correspondence um, and emails from people asking, like, almost asking for my permission to buy a game. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, that's not my job. And, and you as a customer, your only real role is to, you know, get the best deals for yourself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, be as conscious as you want. Like, being conscious is great, but I'm not here to give you permission to buy games. But that's what people want to know. They want to know, can I buy this game guiltlessly? I don't know. What's your capacity for guilt? Yeah. What's your level of empathy? Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's it's it's, it's making your own moral judgments, and sometimes you'll make, you know, you'll make choices that are like, yeah, I don't feel great about this, but... You've got to find your own line. And I'm not person. I'm not personally judging anybody's. You know, the- you make that decision for yourself. I only judge you when you tell me the level. You know, the thought process that goes into the reasoning that led you to the conclusion that you drew. That's the point at which I I, I might judge you. Yeah. But and I and I never need to need nor want to hear that. Buy your game if you want to buy your game. Yeah. But at the very least, like, be conscious about it and don't pretend it doesn't happen. I mean, right. I saw th- there was a great juxtaposing pair of comments that I saw that I posted on Twitter where one person was like, "Take your time. Like, if there needs to be another delay, that you won't work so hard. Like, it's fine. It's a video game. Don't kill yourselves." Yeah. The immediate reply was, "Fuck that. Fuck that." It's been delayed already. I don't have time to wait for a game to come out. Imagine that. I don't have time to wait. Delay it by an extra, like, two, three months and have it come out the same time as all the new consoles so everyone can go, ah, here's a big new exciting game that I I get and I can feel excited about if I don't have the new console yet. Something I can still be hyped about. And it's hard to imagine CD Projekt Red of all companies being in a position where they couldn't afford to do that, right? Yeah. That it was a logistical and operational impracticality to afford it three months. Now, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. There's, you know, date coordination and timing of release and all of this stuff does factor in. And and three months later might be a particularly bad release window. But maybe there's a better one in five months. How desperately do you need Cyberpunk to release? People are going to buy it, and you know that. I don't know. Uh, it just sucks. I, you know, it it sucks. And and I don't want to believe that the people who are making the decisions to do this are monsters. I want to believe that there's a rationale behind these choices that has you know that they weighed in and factored and that they feel bad about it too. Unfortunately, I've seen absolutely zero evidence to support such a thing. Yeah. And that bug, that makes me feel bad. Yeah. I'm not going to assume that there's a good reason if I'm not told one, because usually that's not the case. One of the biggest issues I have with CD Projekt on this is their answer is almost always to shrug and say, well, the way we do it ain't for everyone. Yeah. Which 
I mean, it's not a great reason. It's not a reason at all. I mean, other than it's just how we do it. Yeah. And it certainly, you know, makes the case that it's not necessary. Yeah. If they're admitting that this is something they do that other... That might not be for all game developers. So clearly there's places for the game developers to go where they're not, you know, working like cattle. Um, And the other thing is that got me was in one of their defences for Crunch, they said, well, we're actually quite good because people come in from Rockstar and say this isn't Crunch at all. (laughs) I'm like, you can't compare yourself to Rockstar in this regard. Yikes. No, thank you. Uh, When you have to pull out the, well, we're not this company that's even worse... When you have to pull that as out as a defence, you've already yeah. done badly. We're not Rockstar is no defence of your crunch practices. Um, yeah. But, you know, look forward to Cyberpunk if you want. You know, I like The Witcher 3 as much as anyone. But if you were one of those people that, you know, criticised Epic for it or Rockstar for it or Netherrealm for it, don't don't act like people shouldn't point this out as well. Yeah. Which is, you know... I get a lot more pushback for pointing it out for things like CD Projekt than I do for companies like Epic. Yeah. People people are ready to hear it about companies they already don't like. They're not ready to hear it about the ones they do. Wherever it, wherever the, the crunch is, crunch is crunch, and it's a failure of management. You failed as a manager if you're hurting people. Simple as that. Well, that's cheery. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good old, good old cheery place to end the episode, I think. That's good, because these headphones are upset in my head. Uh, so I'm going to stop now. Laura, can you tell people where to see all of, all of your things on the internet? Me, Laura K. Buzz in all of the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz. Please consider chucking a dollar or more a month there if you can. It'd be super appreciated. Um... Everything I publish goes on laurakbuzz.com, be it written articles, freelance features, podcasts, videos, go check it out. Uh, yes, the day before recording this, I finally got around to publishing. I did a big um, 50 Games of the Decade award video uh, that was a nearly an hour-long edited video of basically top five of each year for the last decade, uh, which I'm really proud of. I think the video turned out really well. Go check that out as either a video on uh, YouTube or as a written article on laurakbuzz.com. That is a thing I've been trying to do recently. All of my features are available as either a written feature or a video wherever possible. So whatever your preference, there should be an option for that. Other than that, I've got some books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's a book about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. And it's out now where books are sold or as an audio book on laurakbuzzstore.com. Uh, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt is an illustrated coffee table book of silly and serious video game character butt reviews, and that is coming out in October. You can get it a bit earlier if you back it on uh, on Unbound. And then there's podcasts. I'm on Pixel Squirt, which is a video game porn review podcast. I am on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I talk about things that aren't video games. And I'm on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. It's... Uh, each season is a self-contained story. I am on seasons three, four, five, six, and soon season seven with Conrad. You're also on that one. I'm also on that one, although I'm only in seasons five, six, and soon to be seven. Uh, you can also find audiobooks that I make at conradreads.com. You can buy badges uh, as a UK listener of the podcast pointed out that I should refer to them as 
so as to not engender confusion among my UK <laughs> listening audience. To which I would note, I have two people who have lived in the UK on this podcast who have yet to point this out or say well, anything I mean, to me. His, You're not his... wrong. I'm not blaming anyone. So here's the thing. I've learned to live with Americanizations. I just don't correct people <laughs> when they say American words. And I'm like, I fucking know what you mean, but sure. But they are, they are badges or button pins. And you can find those at pinfultruth.com. P-I-N-F-U-L-T-R-U-T-H.com. And if you are an international uh, buyer and you look at the shipping, you're like, oh my God. I'm having a heart attack. Just send me a message, and we'll, you know, I can probably sort something out that's better than what Etsy's telling you. I, I, I'm gonna order some of these soon, but that's because I've got a friend in the states who's coming over to the UK soon, so I'm gonna get them to order some and bring them over for me. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that that's a smart, smart thinking. Yeah. Um, and let's see what else. Oh, uh, I'm on some other podcasts too. Uh, I'm on of Horse, a BoJack Horseman fan cast, which is a podcast that talks about that BoJack Horseman show. I am on the Spinoff Doctors with Jim Sterling, where we talk about video game-based movies, uh, and we'll have a Detective Pikachu episode we'll record pretty soon. Uh, we uh, also do an, a podcast called Boston's Favorite Son, which is a delightful show about us trying to get our friend famous that, gosh, I hope... Well, we allegedly do that. We allegedly do. People are asking if it's dead now, uh, which is very sad. It's not. We're just... We're, we're all trying to make a lot of moves right now um and speaking of people who make moves jim you have a patreon don't you yeah god my head's really upset uh patreon.com slash jimquisition you can support the show on that if you like um and i do twitch streams which i've not been doing so many lately because i'm on a real light schedule as i work you know work on moving and also am just full of injuries and bad sicknesses that's the thing i keep forgetting to bring up is that i i've been streaming a lot on twitch and oh, it's yeah. a really fun uh awesome group of people who are hanging out and, and watching and they're, they're real fun streams at a time of day when i can actually come and watch them well, that's the other thing they're very european friendly so Hooray. if you're in europe it's good uh that's that's a good time and that's uh, that conrad zimmerman on twitch sorry jim go on you were saying well there you go no, i was just gonna say uh, twitch gymquisition it's that's all it is um god i really oh all drowsy and everything i'm gonna stop now um i'm not dying you're all right i'll be back next week we'll all be back next week actually and we'll see you then bye 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 <laughs>